Two Towns Over is a podcast where we explore the fascinating world of urban legends, conspiracy theories, and campfire tales to find out if there are any truths behind the legends. With dark humor and natural curiosity, we tackle the darkened streets of the town we all know. Welcome to the town with no name. This is Two Towns Over. Actually, know what my name is. I don't even know what. That's pro- I thought it was Nombre's name, isn't it? Yeah, mi nombre. Yeah, mi nombre is. What is Yamo? Miyamo? Miyamo. Wait a minute. Yeah, Miyamo. I think Miyamo means I am. I think yeah. you might be right. But any name. Spanish listeners, just, you know. Deal with it. Go, t- tweet at me, I guess. I'm not on Twitter, but you can tweet at me. There you go. Yeah, just tweet at Ruben. Anything, any complaints you have, just tweet Any to of them. Any of them. Any and all complaints. <laughs> He'll get right on top of that. In fact, if you put a five-star review on iTunes and then complain in that, it'll get to us faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I could Google it, but honestly, mm, can't be fucked right now. <laughs> Bing. Bing is better. I, I, I prefer Ask Jeeves. Ask <laughs> Jeeves. Oh. What is it? Yahoo Questions. There it is. Yahoo Questions anything that you need to ask yeah, Ruben. It is my name is, I guess. Yeah. But literally, it's I am. Mm. Google says I was right, so. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, we're here. Yep. And get used to it. We have stories? Yes. Ghost got, ones. Yeah, we got two stories today. We got... Uh, I figured we might as well go ahead and get the old haunted doll watch out of the way, you know. So a haunted doll watch. Yeah, we got two haunted dolls. One of which is a celebrity, like Amazing. a full blown worldwide celebrity. Amazing. Is it Chucky or the Bride of Chucky? No, it's a real doll. Oh, and I don't mean the real dolls like the sex dolls that you can buy. <laughs> I mean an actual doll. Is its name Candy? No. We're going to go first, though. We're going to go to a more localized legend. We're going to go to the story of Robert the Doll from Key West. Robert the Doll. Have you ever heard of him? Nope. Mm. As much as you went to the Keys, I'm surprised you didn't. I don't listen to horror stories or campfire tales or any of those things. (laughs) That's why we're going to have such a successful podcast on. Because I have no idea what this culture is like. I was thinking about that today. Other podcasts that I know where people tell scary stories, they're usually telling scary stories to people who get scared by scary yeah. stories no we have a completely different it's a different dynamic yeah. entirely i tell scary stories to someone who's incredulous and i'm very like i'm not this skeptical about most things in my real life but like except for ghost stories i don't know why i guess i was that kid that was a little too gullible when he was a child and then <laughs> fucking squashed that so, <laughs> so, so this big are. fuck you is just because you were gullible as a kid. Maybe. <laughs> this isn't therapy. This is a podcast. All right. So Robert the Doll uh, dates back to the early 1900s. Bob the Haunted Doll. Yes. When uh, a young boy named Eugene Robert Otto was given a one-of-a-kind handmade doll by a servant who worked for his parents in his home. Can he haunt you? Yes, he can. <laughs> I get it now. Sorry. I'm glad. I'm glad. He didn't laugh earlier, and I was like, what the fuck? How come my joke didn't land? Okay, you got to remember that Bob the Builder was your childhood. No, it wasn't even. It was not even that. My childhood was Muppet Babies and 
I grew up on Looney Tunes, and SpongeBob kind of was a little bit after my time. I mean, it came out when I was a kid, yeah. but didn't get popular until a little bit later. Well, that was way past my time. Oh, yeah. SpongeBob and Blue's Clues, those are my stoner 20s. I have always been a very serious person, though. Like, even, like, a little bit, like, not so serious that you're like, damn, that dude is very serious. But serious <laughs> enough that you're like, sometimes you're like, damn, for real? You don't like the simpsons like no it's corny i don't know (laughs) um eugene who everyone called gene named the doll robert i guess after himself bobbert bobbert and uh robert quickly became attached or he quickly became attached to his new friend which robert the boy or the doll so from here it's gene is the boy okay robert is the doll so robert the doll got attached to his new friend no gene got attached to robert well there we go i misread it cool so, now the home where Eugene lived, which is now called the Artist's House, is located at 534 Easton Eaton Street in Key West and was built between 1890 and 1898. Uh, it was here that Eugene was given Robert the doll and where the friendship that lasted throughout his lifetime. So, he was friends with this doll till the day he died. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> friends with, I mean, he kept the doll. I don't know if he was friends with the doll. Some guys. But it's where this friendship was formed. Now, while he seemed like an ordinary cloth doll, it wasn't long before Robert was involved in strange and somewhat terrifying events. The first hint that something was out of the ordinary was was happening was one night when, when Gene was 10 years old, awoke to find Robert the doll sitting at the end of his bed staring at him. Moments later, his mother was awakened by his screams for help and the sound of furniture being overturned in her son's bedroom. Jean cried for help, begging his mother to rescue him. When she finally was able to wrench the locked door open, she saw poor Jean curled up in fear on his bed, his room in shambles, and Robert the doll sitting at the foot of his bed. (sighs) Robert did it, was the only words Jean could get out. The same words he would later use many times throughout his childhood. To explain bodies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think we ever get that far. Robert did it. <laughs> but anytime Gene, something... Gene, that's your school bully. Robert did it, mother. <laughs> but Gene, that's that's your name. <laughs> no, no, mother. The doll. <laughs> but anytime something strange happened, Robert did it, is what Gene would say. Now, nobody knows for sure why or how this child's plaything could actually wreak havoc on a child's bedroom or do anything at all. After all, it was just a toy. But the weird and inexplicable didn't stop at the one occurrence. Gene's parents would often hear their son upstairs talking to the doll and getting a response back in a totally different voice. Convinced yet? (laughs) Okay. The boy is good at accents. (laughs) They reported seeing the doll speak and witnessing his expression change. Giggling and sightings of Robert running up the steps or staring out the upstairs window were also reported. Robert continued to live with Gene throughout his lifetime, and after Gene's parents died, he moved back into his into their home with his wife, Anne. Gene decided that the doll needed a room of his own and placed him in the upstairs room that had a window overlooking the street. Perhaps Gene was the one was the- who was crazy. For he did give the doll a room. Yeah. I'm just saying, I threw some tantrums when I was a child. <laughs> I blamed it on I don't know. Or nobody. Yeah. But he had a he had a Robert. 
Yeah. He had a Robert. Now, Anne felt uneasy with Robert in the house, and although she couldn't put her finger on it, she wanted Gene to lock the doll up in the attic where he could do no harm. Maybe it was a creepy cloth doll that nobody wanted to look at. Yes. I bet that was it. If you ever saw a picture of Robert, he looks just creepy. Have you ever seen a picture of any doll from um, (laughs) any time about starting whenever you listen to this? Any, whenever, in perpetuity, any doll from about five years ago. At any time that you listen to this, any doll from about five years ago looks creepy as fuck. Have you seen old Barbies even? They're wild. (laughs) Gene conceded, and as one could imagine, Robert the doll was not happy with his new digs. Soon, visitors to the- Hold up. Oh, no, he's in the attic now. Yeah, he's in the attic. Never mind. Soon, visitors to the home heard footsteps in the attic. In the dark. Yeah, the sounds of someone pacing back and forth and devilish giggling. Neighborhood children reported seeing Robert watching them from the window in the upstairs bedroom and told accounts of the doll actually mocking them as they walked to school. When Gene heard this, he immediately went to investigate, knowing... You know what would be fucking crazy is if this turned out to be one of those stories that you sometimes hear of, like, a dude living in the house, like a homeless man is living in your attic type shit. Yeah. That would be wild <laughs> if that happened in this story. I don't think it will, but it, it would be crazy if it did, right? Yeah. Be... So, um... Yeah, we do need to move that back. <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry. You've probably heard me bang my knee into the table about, I don't know, three times in this episode so far. <laughs> and you put out two of the candles. Well, it's because my knees are long. Just like everything else about me except for my hair. Anyways, when Gene heard this, he immediately went to investigate, knowing that he had locked Robert in the attic and that there was no way he could be sitting by the window in the upstairs bedroom. But to his complete shock, when he opened the door to the bedroom, there was Robert, sitting in the rocking chair by the window. Gene would lock Robert back up in the attic several times, each time discovering him again, sitting in the window in the same upstairs bedroom. Again? Yes. Fire could solve this problem. <laughs> It feels like to me, if the ghost wants to be in the seat, burn the body, the ghost may or may not still be there, but the ghost can sit wherever it likes when I can't see it. <laughs> so what, you, you don't see it? You don't care? That's correct. <laughs> Good to know. So, Gene Otto died in 1974, and when a new owner moved into the house on Eaton Street, their 10-year-old daughter was delighted to find Robert the doll in the attic. No, she was not. <laughs> <laughs> But her delight ended soon when she claimed that Robert was alive and that the doll wanted to hurt her. She awoke often in the middle of the night, screaming in fear, and told her parents that Robert had moved about the room. I just want everyone to understand that if you Google the original Ronald McDonald, that is what I am imagining that this doll looks like, but as a cloth version. Yeah, look it up. Okay. Look it up. It's creepy as hell. Holy crap. Is yep. that a cup on his nose? Yes, it is. Okay. That is terrifying. It's rough. It's real bad. Do you want me to show you a picture of Robert the Doll, or do you want to continue? Uh, Yeah, let's look. Let's see. What does Robert the Doll look like? That's Robert the Doll. Oh. Yeah, it looks kind of like a... Well... I, I... A sick boy. Yes. A sick boy with no nose. 
he it's like he has no upper lip. It's a sick boy with dead eyes. Yes. And his head actually looks like it's made out of cork. I'm not sure. If yeah, it is. does. It does look like it's made out of cork. But when you get up real close, it's clearly like moth-eaten cloth or yarn or something. Yeah. Burlap, so, um, maybe. I don't know. Now, this girl awoke often to, in the middle of the night, screaming in fear, and told her parents that Robert had moved about the room. I told you that already. Sorry. Well, that's because this doll is actually way more creepy than I thought it looked. <laughs> you way said every more. Every doll is creepy. Yeah, but like I was imagining like. A raggedy Ann, but old. Yeah. Like, you know, creepy cloth doll stand. No, that's fucking huge. It's like the size of a child. Yeah, it was like almost three foot. That's wild. Yeah, it was actually, from what I understand, it was the size of Robert or yeah. Gene when he was Clearly, that it age. was based on this boy. This and sh- if that boy looked like that, then he was a murderer. <laughs> He's actually an artist. That's why it became called the Artist House. He was an artist. A murdering artist. Yes. An artist with the blade, I think they called John Wick, maybe. <laughs> so, anyways, I think that this, the the outfit he's wearing to this Speaking day, of John Wick, sorry, you go. It's not tangents, I'm sorry. Yeah, he that is actually one of uh, Gene's outfits. Yeah, that makes sense. Sailor boy Little outfit. Sailor Boy outfits from the, what, years? Uh, would have been, if 50s? he died, it was late 1800s. 1800s. I'm sorry, oh, early yeah. 1900s. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, old. Yeah. So it wasn't long. Did you want to go off on the John Wick thing? You know, I was just going to say that there's a Matrix 4 coming out. Yeah. yeah. And a John Wick 4. And a John Wick 4. Supposedly they're coming out on the same day. It's the, resur- the resurrection of fucking John, of uh, Keanu, Reeves. Keanu Reeves, whose name we can't remember because he's Neo. He's goddamn Neo, guys. <laughs> he's Neo and everything. He's John Neo. He's John Neo or the Neo one Wick. Wick. Yeah, the one Wick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So- <laughs> So it wasn't long before Robert the Doll was given away. Now today... Again, burn it, man. (laughs) Today, he lives in the East Martello Fort where visitors from all over the world come to see him. I hope he has a good view because otherwise he's going to move into a rocking chair of his own volition. (laughs) Many believe that the origin of Robert's evil lies in the one who originally gave him to Gene Otto. It doesn't sound like he was evil. It sounds like he was a mildly old man who died... Before he finished ridiculing the neighbor's children. <laughs> and so he had to haunt this doll to get it done. But he didn't have a mouth, so all he so, could really do was just like make faces and yeah, hand gestures. Forever tortured for being an asshole named <laughs> Robert. <laughs> so the woman was supposedly mistreated by her bosses, and to punish them, it is believed that she cursed the doll with voodoo and black magic. Uh-huh. Because... That's every, how it always works. Yeah. Now, that might explain the many mysterious and frightening experiences people have had with Robert the Doll. But if so, wouldn't the haunting end when the owners died? Seems, that, seems like that's how that usually works. Yeah, No one really knows for sure, but one thing remains constant. Robert the Doll continues to taunt and scare those who come to view him, especially guests to the museum who attempt to take a photo. Uh-huh. Many have reported... Is this that doll you were talking about asking permission from? Yes. Don, we have to take a trip. Once we can subsidize trips from this mm-hmm. whatever thing that yeah. we're doing here, talking to mics and stuff, <laughs> we should fully go there so that I can take a picture of this doll while specifically not asking or saying anything about it. <laughs> and then I'm going to frame that picture and put it on my wall and see what happens. Okay. Well, most people... 
um, report their cameras becoming inoperable when they try to take a picture of Robert. I bet nothing will happen. Maybe, maybe not. Now, they've also have been said that um, people have seen his uh, facial features change while they're staring at him. What facial features? That's just it. His his cheeks and stuff will move like he's smiling at them. That's not. They have also said that he has moved. Sure. Yeah. Now. It's just that every story about a doll is it moved or it moved things. <laughs> yeah, well, probably not. Honestly, it was probably someone else and or the light that made you think it was smiling at you. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So anyways, so the the story goes with Robert the doll. When you go to the East Martello Museum. Sure. And you get into the and It's literally he's the only. Well, I take that back. There is like a hearse, like an old hearse, mm-hmm. like carriage, like horse drawn hearse in this room. Other than that, it's just Robert the doll sitting in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And they have um, TV cameras or TV monitors talking about the legend and people who took their picture, took his picture without asking permission. You have to ask his permission. And anyone who's listened to Tangents knows I did ask permission. My son asked permission. My dad did not ask permission. That night on the way home from the Keys, heading back up to Marathon Key where we were staying, my dad got pulled over uh, for speeding. So was he cursed by Robert? Or was he speeding? Or was he speeding? Well, he was pretty, yeah. You know the keys, and the keys at night, there are certain areas, it's 35 miles an hour. Yeah, because there's like the, I, we've recovered this in tangents, yeah. but just in case you ha- don't listen <clears throat> to that or don't give a fuck, um, <laughs> there's the the key deer yeah. are there. They're like a protected thing. They're like t- miniature deer. Mm. The farther north you go, the bigger the deer get until they turn into moose. Oh, yeah. So, like, in the Midwest, you get good deer, and then you go further and further north, and then you get to Canada and Alaska, and there's moose. Says mooses? Meese? Whatever the thing is. Moose. Moose are up there. But then you go down further south, and you get um, key deer, and they're, like, the size of a large dog. And they're stupid and run out in front of cars. They're fucking pests. I <laughs> Rats with antlers. <laughs> so, uh, if anyone is interested, you can go to the East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, like I said, and see Robert. Um, you're welcome to view Robert in his special case at the museum. And, of course, you are encouraged to try and get a photo. Though most who've tried have been unsuccessful, although all three of us got pictures that day, including my dad, who did not ask. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if nothing else, get a close look at Robert and watch him carefully. Try to catch a glimpse of him smirking at you moving about in this case or watching you as you watch him. Cause you could just say I didn't get a picture cause I didn't ask and he cursed me. <laughs> you could just say that. You could if you want, but so yeah, so that's, that was, so easy. the end of the tale of Robert, the doll is go see him yourself. Yeah. Don't ask permission. Just take a picture. And then when you uh, get pulled over for speeding or, get ridiculed by a random old man in a car that you didn't see before that guy that guy was robert that's the curse or if you're going across the seven mile bridge and you drive off the bridge somehow into the briny deep it's not gonna happen you never know yeah (laughs) yeah i guess not i don't trust our government's infrastructure (laughs) i mean that's fair 
Yeah. That's the real horror story here, guys. The longer you build a bridge, the more chances there are that it's going to break. Look up our country's infrastructure grades. They're terrible. (laughs) They're really bad. Now. You are going to die on a highway, is my point. (laughs) (laughs) The second story is a bona fide worldwide celebrity. Oh, my God. A celebrity. A celebrity doll. A celebrity doll. I am talking celebrity course, doll watch about Annabelle. Annabelle the doll. Yes, a name even I have heard. Yes, because it's is there all, not a movie about? This there's one? like three movies solely about her. Amazing. And then there's the the original Conjuring where she's like the first fifteen minutes. Awesome, but plays no other part in the rest of the movie. Good, but good good stuff. So, but there is a real Annabelle. All right. Now, now for the for the consideration of the Midnight Society. No, the hell was that? Oh my God! What? How do you not know? It's oh fuck! It was like I don't remember the name of the show. It was like a oh, Goosebumps or yeah, the Tales yeah, to yeah, Tell yeah, in the yeah, Dark yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and it was like, that. Are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Yes, the Canadian one, where it's I like do. for the submission to the Midnight Society, and they would throw powder onto the fire to make it green. Oh, I don't remember all that. Again, what? that was in my 20s, and a lot of my him. 20s is missing. I can't believe him. <laughs> I can't believe this man. Now, the true story of Annabelle uh, began when she terrorized her first owner in 1970, forcing two people that I'm sure will not be the last time we ever mention them in our lives, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren? Yeah. The demonologist and the psychic. Couple. Oh, yeah, they're the ones that the Conjuring movies are based off of. Mm-hmm. They're, they're cases. That's why I had le- heard those names before. Mm-hmm. So it forced them to take her to their occult museum for safekeeping. They have an occult museum. Of course they do. Yes, everything in this museum is supposedly haunted. Hey guys, Much that's like- how most ghost hunters actually make their money. It's not like they go out and exercise things or or like actually hunt. Go- they have an occult museum. They go around and they get these artifacts or these dolls and these books and these things and they put them in a place where you can come see them and you pay them, I don't know, five, ten bucks up front and you walk in, you take some pictures and you leave and that's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're just the people who own the tourist destinations. That's all. <laughs> now she sits in a glass case bearing a hand-carved inscription of the Lord's Prayer while a pleasant smile rests on her happy face sitting under a mop of red hair. But beneath the the case is a sign that reads, Warning, positively, do not open. Now, to the uninformed visitors of the Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, um, she looks like any other Raggedy Ann doll. So that's the first thing that's different. I was just about to say, Raggedy Ann? Yep. Annabelle isn't actually a Raggedy Ann doll. She is not? She is. She is. Yeah, she's not the porcelain doll that you see in the movies. Okay. They just did that to make her look creepier. Well, also because Raggedy Ann was probably a copyright thing. Because there was that movie. Yeah. A long, long time ago. In a galaxy. This one. This galaxy. It was this galaxy. Yeah. Um, But it looks like she was produced in the mid-20th century. But the original Annabelle doll is actually anything but ordinary. Since her first supposed haunting in 1970, this allegedly evil doll has been blamed for demonic possession, a slew of violent attacks, and at least two near-death experiences, 
In recent years, the true stories of Annabelle have even inspired a series of horror films. But just how much of Annabelle's story is real? Is the real Annabelle doll truly a vessel for a demonic spirit in search of a human host? Or is she simply a child's toy used as a prop for wildly profitable ghost stories? You know what I think. Yes, yes. Maybe we'll change his mind, everybody. It won't happen. (laughs) These are the real stories of Annabelle. Annabelle. We should have, like... Morning DJ sound effects. <laughs> Give me time. I'm, I, I've got to. I'll get a soundboard and we'll get the whoop. <laughs> Every time we go in, it'll be like, it'll be like the bum bum. Every time. <laughs> there we go. Though she doesn't share There's the same soft porcelain theremin in the background. <laughs> Though she doesn't share the same porcelain skin and lifelike features of her cinematic counterpart, the Annabelle doll that lives in the occult museum of famed paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. The pair that worked on the case is made all the more creepy by how ordinary she appears. Annabelle's stitched features, including her half-smile and bright orange triangular nose, evoke memories of childhood toys and simpler times. You know, like a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. If you could ask Ed and Lorraine Warren, though Ed died in 2006 and Lorraine died in early 2019. Of curses? No. That's what I thought. I think he died of a heart attack. Yeah. Were they old? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe it was a ghost heart attack. It was. Yes. It was a ghost stroke. Ghost stroke. They would tell you that the stark warnings scrawled across Annabelle's glass case are more than necessary. According to the well-known demonologist couple, the doll is responsible for two near-death experiences, one fatal accident, and a string of demonic activities that lasted some 30 years. 30 years. Now, the first of these infamous hauntings can allegedly be traced back to 1970 when Annabelle was brand new. The story was told to the Warrens by two young women and was retold for years by the Warrens themselves. As the story goes, the Annabelle doll had been a gift to a young nurse named Donna, or Deidre, depending on the source, from her mother for her 28th birthday. Donna, apparently thrilled with the gift, brought it back to her apartment that she shared with another young nurse named Angie. At first, the doll was adorably an adorable accessory sitting on a sofa in the living room and greeting visitors with her colorful visage. But before long, the two women began to notice that Annabelle seemed to move about the room on her own accord. Strike one. It's just moving on its own. A doll moves... So you're saying it's okay for a doll to move on its own? No, I'm saying that it's so... Every story that can be verified about dolls moving on their own, they've not been moving on their own. People have been moving them. And, like, my point is, is, like, if I came to you and I was like, hey, there's a wolf, there's a wolf a hundred million times through a medium, I don't know, like the internet or movies, and then I revealed every single time that it was possible to verify that, like, no, it was just some dude looking for attention, like, take it out of the story, man. (laughs) It's fine. We get it. The dolls can move on their own. Ooh, scary. Nobody (laughs) believes that anymore. Donna would sit on her li- on the living room sofa before leaving for work, only to come home in the afternoon and find her in the bedroom. Again, also, every story about a doll moving on its own involves the person walking away and then coming back. Yeah. Or it's just sitting there and it's just like smiling or turning its head. Things you cannot verify. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you left your house for work and you came back after work. Do other people have access to this house? Like, that's question number one. Do you have a pet? That's question number two. 
is your air conditioner really fucking strong and it's a light doll? What the fuck? Do you live in California? Earthquakes. I'm just saying, you got to look at this stuff and you got to be like, well, you weren't there for however many hours. It's very possible that somebody came in and pulled a prank on you. Or you're lying. (laughs) Now, Donna and Angie then started finding notes left throughout the apartment reading, help me. According to the women, the notes were written on parchment paper, which they did not even keep in their home. Furthermore, Angie's boyfriend, known only as Lou. Also, if I'm a doll that can move and my goal is to find help, the first thing I'm going to do is move in front of someone and then write, help me. And since I can write, I'm going to continue writing because... (laughs) I am cursed and trapped in this body. Here is how to help. Yeah, it's true. All right. All right. Just saying. Now, Lou was in the apartment one afternoon when Donna was out and heard rustling in her bedroom as if someone had broken in. Upon inspection, he found no sign of forced entry, but found Annabelle lying face down on the ground. Other versions of the story say he was attacked upon awaking from a nap. So even the stories don't match up. That's another thing. Suddenly, he felt a searing pain on his chest and looked down to find bloody claw marks running across it. It's a fucking raggedy hand, doll. Where did the claws come from? You got a cat? It's a demon. Nah. Demon claws. No. No? If the demon can't... (sighs) What are the rules for demons, then? There are no... They're demons. They don't follow rules. They kind of have to. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of have to. Uh... Two days later, the marks... Like the rules for humans are, you don't get to fly under your own power. What are the rules for demon? You gotta eat, but what? Yeah. Okay. Two days later, the, the marks had vanished without a trace. Now, following Lou's traumatic experience, the women invited a medium over to help solve their seemingly paranormal problem. The medium held a seance and told the women that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a deceased seven-year-old named Annabelle Higgins, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where their apartment building had been built. The medium claimed that the spirit was benevolent and simply wanted to be loved and cared for. The two young nurses reportedly felt bad for the spirit and consented to allow her to take up permanent residence in the doll. Eventually, in an attempt to rid their home of the Annabelle doll's spirit, Donna and Angie called the Episcopal priest known as Father Hegan. Real quick. At this point in the story, Annabelle is a little girl who needs help, who lives in a doll. Right. Again, where did the claw marks come from? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't quite match up. That, yeah, that also, why are they trying to get rid of it? Yeah, yeah, that also doesn't really match yeah. up to me. It's yeah, not a ha- live- it's not really a haunting if it's Casper, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I keep you? Um, so they called a Episcopal priest known as Father Hegan. Hegan contacted his superior, Father Cook, who alerted Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, as far as Ed and Lorraine Warren were concerned, the two young ladies' trouble truly started when they began believing that the doll deserved their sympathy. The Warrens believed that there was actually a demonic force in search of a human host within Annabelle, and not a benevolent spirit. The Warrens' account of the case states... So the demon's name is Annabelle? 
No, the demon is pretending to be a little girl named Annabelle. I see. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, uh, in paranormal, it's very convoluted. Yeah. In paranormal circles, demons will a lot of times disguise themselves as children to gain sympathy and then attack. But if it's in the body of a doll, I can win? If you burn it, I guess. But it's or, I mean, even in Chucky... You could slap Chucky and Chucky will fly across the room is my thing. So like if there's a fire within a mile, I can throw the doll, say, three or four times and get it there. Yeah. (laughs) But then the question is, if you burn the doll, does that release the demon or does it kill it? Well, if it's looking for a body and I put it in the fire, if it's if it in okay. My point is, logically, if the demon is inhabiting the doll, Mm -hmm. then it has to inhabit a body to be on this plane, and it can't just force itself into a human, hence the doll. (laughs) So whether or not the demon is released or killed, it can't hurt me anymore if it is intangible. Okay. But again, it goes back to the where did the claws come from then? Because... Raggedy Ann dolls are not built with claws. That's my point. He definitely has a cat. <laughs> that he just doesn't know about. No, that or he's on Ambien. <laughs> this is the literally, there literally. No that, were there sleeping medications I in the 70s? Back there then. you go. Oh, even worse. Even worse. <laughs> actual fucking actual acid is what you had to take to go to sleep back then. <laughs> like, yeah, of course they were hallucinating shit. Like... <laughs> So this is a direct quote. Literally, my friend the other day was like, she's a pagan, and she was like, oh, yeah, one of my, somebody contacted me because they were like thinking they were getting haunted. And I was, I was like, why do they think they're being haunted? And she was like, well, because they keep waking up and like the, you know, water is running or like the shower head light will be on or like the fridge will be open or they'll be covered in like something strange like shaving cream for some reason and I'm like it sounds like they take ambien <laughs> like it sounds like they're sleepwalking and they need to not do that anymore and that will stop put a lock on the fridge i don't know like <laughs> tie yourself to your bed if you've ever heard anybody's stories about sleepwalking on Ambien, oh, it is absolutely stories. wild. They'll do crazy. They'll drive, dude. Yeah. They'll do whatever. It's wild. <laughs> you like them. you have to watch them. Like you can't even get Ambien right now if you don't have somebody that can watch you while you're asleep. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Yeah, my dad takes Ambien because the other one's Lanesta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad takes Ambien, and he says. You take that pill, you better be ready for bed. That's what I'm saying. And you better be prepared to wake up on the couch (laughs) for some reason. So this is a direct quote from the Warren's account of the case. Saying, if sleepwalking me moves the doll, and then I wake up, and the doll has moved, I'm going to look on the bedside and just be like, damn, Ambien, you did it again. (laughs) So spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. Are we sure? Mm-hmm. And why the fuck then is Annabelle in the doll? Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. This isn't a spirit. This is a demon. Ah. Yeah. So spirits are good because they only possess people? Yeah. Sounds like I want to be on the side of the demons, man. <laughs> why? You wanted to possess a toy? Or a house. That's cool. <laughs> 
An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. This spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, I love it. They, they say this isn't a spirit, but continue and to call it immediately a call it a spirit. Yeah. yeah. Truly, this spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. Yeah, as evidenced by the fact that it's in a doll, it has not attempted to possess either one of you yet. <laughs> it's got to reel them in. You got to got to break them down first. Are you sure? Because yeah. yes, you can stay in our house should have been the invitation that I would have needed as a demon. Yes, I'm possessing you. <laughs> Done. Now, you don't even get to finish the sentence. <laughs> now, immediately, the no- Warrens... Like a cell phone scammer. <laughs> immediately, the Warrens noted that what they believed were signs of demonic possession, including teleportation, the doll moving on its own, materialization, the parchment paper notes, and the mark of the beast, loose claw marks. I just have to say... They jumped from the doll can walk to the doll can teleport. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The Warrens subsequently ordered an exorcism of the apartment to be performed by Father Cook. Then they took Annabelle out of the apartment and to her final resting place in their occult museum in the hopes that her demonic reign would finally end. And make us lots of money. And make us a whole lot of money. Yeah. Following Annabelle's removal from Donna and Angie's apartment, the Warrens documented several other paranormal experiences involving the doll. The first just minutes after they took possession of her. After the exorcism of the nurse's apartment, the Warrens buckled Annabelle into the back seat of their car and vowed not to take the highway highway in case she had some kind of accident-causing power over them. Here's my thing. Okay, I just I've just been thinking about this this whole time. It's not that I don't believe that ghosts or spirits or demons or angels or whatever can exist. It's just that those things are supernatural, right? Yeah. Right. So if I can in any way explain what these things are doing with natural, as in if a human can do it, it is natural, not supernatural. Right. If an animal can do, if if something that I can think of can do these things, it's not supernatural. It's just natural with a gullible person nearby. <laughs> That's all. So, like, until I have some evidence of, like, something truly supernatural, like, that I cannot explain with no, by the way, with no education. I, I, have, I have a high school diploma. Yes, I graduate with honors. But, like, I don't have no college. I'm not. I'm a smart person. I don't have an education. I don't have any kind of knowledge about these supernatural things. But if I can explain it with my limited knowledge of like science and stuff, then it's not it's not good enough. Make it better. Deceive me. Be- lie to me better. Or find real shit. I don't know. However, even the safer back roads prove too risky for the couple. On their way home, Lorraine claimed that the brakes either stalled or failed several times. Maybe you were on some unfamiliar back roads and your car fucked up because you didn't know where you were going. Resulting in near disastrous crashes. Lorraine claimed that as soon as Ed pulled holy water from his bag and doused the doll, the problems with the brakes disappeared. Upon arriving home, Ed and Lorraine placed the doll in Ed's study. There they reported that the doll levitated and moved about the house. Even when placed in the locked office in an outer building, the Warrens claimed that she would turn up later inside the house. 
the warrants. Like the calls? Yes. Coming from inside the house. Word. Yeah. Now, the warrants had a specially made glass and wood case constructed upon which they inscribed the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. For the rest of his life, Ed would periodically say a binding prayer over the case, ensuring that the sinister spirit and the doll remained good and trapped. Since being locked up, Annabelle the doll hasn't moved again, though it is alleged that her spirit has found ways to reach out to the earthly plane. Once, a priest who was visiting the Warren Museum picked up Annabelle and discounted her demonic abilities. Ed warned the priest about mocking Annabelle's demonic power, but the young priest laughed him off. On his way home, the priest was involved in a near-fatal car crash that totaled his new car. He claimed to have seen Annabelle in his rearview mirror just before the accident. Are we sure was his name? It doesn't say his name. No, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying, are we sure? Because a young priest could exist. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> he could. I'm sure there are plenty of young priests. That's my point. Yeah. You're saying this. Specific. Look up a car accident involving a young priest. I bet it ain't that guy. <laughs> Years later, another visitor rapped on the glass, the Annabelle dolls case, and laughed at how silly people were to believe in her. That's me. On his way home, he reportedly lost control of his motorcycle and crashed headlong into a tree. He was killed instantly, and his girlfriend just barely survived. She claimed at the time of the accident, the couple had been laughing about the Annabelle doll. Maybe laughing while driving a bike is not a great idea. Over the years, the Warrens continued to recount these tales as proof of Annabelle the doll's horrific powers. Hey, I'm going to profit off of this man's death real quick. Give me a second. <laughs> Though Again, a man who may or may not exist. Yeah. Though none of these stories could be corroborated. Thank you, Donathan. The names of the young priest and the motorcyclist were never, divul never divulged. It's like you read this article before I... Did I? It's almost like I just <laughs> mentioned that I have no idea what this culture is like, but like none of this shit is supernatural in any way. <laughs> so the names of the motorcyclist and the young priest were never divulged. Neither Donna nor Angie, the two nur nurses who were Annabelle's first victims, ever came forward with their Or story. Deirdre or Donna, whichever Deirdre, one her yeah. real name was. Yeah. Again, a person who probably does not exist well it's saying they never came forward with the story the story is only coming from the warrens that's what yeah they they bought an old ass raggedy ann doll and they made up some shit about it and they made some money that's how that happened neither father cook nor father hegan appeared to have mentioned their exorcisms of her ever again it would appear that all we have here is the warrens word and that of any i'm sorry it, word that any of this even took place. Again, Fathers Cook and Hegan might not even be real, people. Whether or not any of these hauntings took place, the tale left behind were all director-producer James Wan needed to pull together a long-lasting and lucrative horror universe. That's what you want, ultimately, if you're the type of person that has a, a horror museum. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what you want is for some famous director to be like, I'm going to make a movie about this. Yeah. And literally... And literally get you rich. Like, yeah. I, honestly. Beginning in 2004... Whether or not any of that shit is real, that's the dream. Yeah. Is my point. So we need to get started on that. We'll go to Goodwill tomorrow and start getting... We don't even need to go to Goodwill. I mean, my... <laughs> I, you know, I have two dead grandparents, so... Ah, there you go. We can find something. Certainly. I'm sorry. I bet I have it in my attic right now. <laughs> I... 
Beginning in 2014, Juan wrote the story of Annabelle, a child-sized haunted porcelain doll with lifelike features and a penchant for violence. Using the real-life Annabelle... Violence including teleporting, um, writing help-me notes, and maybe scratching a guy? Not even like tearing his flesh open, like kind of scratching him somewhat. Well, the the real... uh, It's just that the power... That these people say that demons had like these. This is these are demons, the adversaries of God Himself, and they have so much power that you should be frightened of them. They can ruin you. They can hurt you and trick you and kill you, or they can levitate, teleport around a room when you're not looking, and also scratch you in the night if you're asleep. And write help me on a piece of paper. And write help me on a piece of paper that you didn't have in your house before. Spooky, spooky stuff. Not only that, but like, I'm not even a Christian, but you got to respect your own fucking God, right? Like, you have to have, if it, like, the devil being the adversary of God, being his own son cast from heaven, that's hardcore. That's metal. That's religious. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. like, not quite equal, but very strong. Something you should have to be worried about. Right. Son of the master. Favorite son of the master kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if this was a Japanese mythology, it would be like the son of the sword guy, the best swordsman ever, his son and top pupil got kicked out of the school and came back later to kill all the students. Like, that's that's compelling in that's like an adversary to your supreme deity to make that tension happen, to be like, yeah, no, this shit is real. Like, you know. There's an adversary, and we have to be very careful about the way we live our lives so that he doesn't fuck up God's plan type shit. Or the adversary can teleport around a fucking room when you're not (laughs) home. Come on, guys. I mean, God. Now... The real Annabelle was only kind of used as a jumping off point for the movies. Sure. So what the movies are having her do is nothing. Yeah. But... um. Of course, there are several differences between the Warren's doll and its cinematic counterpart. The most obvious difference is that the doll itself, while the real-life Annabelle is clearly a child's toy with exaggerated features and plush body parts, the movie version of Annabelle is inspired by vintage handmade dolls made by porcelain, made of porcelain with real braided hair and glistening glass eyes. I've seen those types. Of, like, my, my aunt collects those dolls. Yes. Because porcelain dolls, like, realistic. They're very creepy. Yes, they all They're, like, like in real life, they're creepy. There used to be, I don't know if it's still there in St. Augustine, there used to be a store that could take pictures of your child. Yes. And make a realistic... That's like a thing that that people... That is the creepiest shit I've ever seen. It's so insane. It's insane. Like, it's one of those, it's like that Uncanny Valley thing you talk about with with robots and stuff, Mm -hmm. but with dolls, it's like... No, we hit a valley where it's like, no, no, no. It is unsettling to mm. look at this. I know there's nothing <laughs> wrong with the doll. It's just some porcelain. It's made of the same shit the stuff in my cabinet in the kitchen is made out of. Right. But, like, it looks <laughs> wrong. Yes. Like, it tell, your brain is like, that's not right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Now, along with her physical features, Annabelle's antics were also amped up for the shock value of the movies. Rather than terrorizing a pair of roommates and one boyfriend, movie Annabelle moves from home to home attacking families, possessing members of satanic cults, killing children, posing as a nun, and causing chaos in the Warren's own home. 
Now, despite the fact that the real Annabelle only has one alleged murder under her belt, that would be the motorcycle yeah, well. guy, Juan had invented enough destruction for three successful movies and counting. Though Ed and Lorraine Warren have both died, their legacy has been carried on by their daughter Judy and her husband Tony Spera. Until his death in 2006, Ed Warren considered Spira his demonology protege and entrusted him with continuing his work, which included caring for his adult artifacts. Those artifacts include the Annabelle doll and her protective case. Adult or occult? Occult okay. artifacts. Uh, sorry, my ears <laughs> fucked up for a second there. I was like, wait a minute, hold on, he did what? <laughs> I was like... Do you... Do you... Do you see this French tickler? I need you to take care of this whip and these chains for me, please. <laughs> oh. oh Echoing the warnings of his predecessor. This one we call 9,000. <laughs> Echoing the warnings of his predecessor, Spira cautions visitors of the Warren's Occult Museum about Annabelle's powers. Is it dangerous? He has said of the doll. Yes, it is the most dangerous object in this museum. Yes, that, that kind of echoes the whole Dybbuk box. Yeah. But There's the, always one. Yeah. There's always one. It's got to be the worst. Like Robert, the yeah, doll, Robert. where you have to go, you have to, hey, there's a whole room just for him. Mm-hmm. He's got cameras and shit. You're supposed to ask for, that's, there's always one. But the crazy thing about the Robert Museum, yeah. or the, the museum that Robert the doll is in, is nothing else about it. It's, it's, it's all like the history of Key West. Yeah. And then you have this one room where there's just this haunted doll. Mm-hmm. And then the next room is is like a, a room that has like all this different stuff that. Uh, uh, it's just like they're trying to cash in on the ghost tour shit. That's yeah. all. You can actually do like a like mm-hmm. a nighttime spend the night with Robert the doll. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why. <clears throat> but uh, despite such claims, the Warrens have a complicated relationship with the truth. Oh yeah. What? Though they have become practically household names for the involvement for their involvement with the Amityville horror case. And those that inspired The Conjuring. Damn, they're everywhere, huh? Yeah. Like I said, we're going to end up talking about them a Goodness, lot. Goodness, they're, they're prolific. Yeah. Uh, their work has been almost entirely debunked. An investigation by the New England Skeptical Society proved that the artifacts in the Warren's Occult Museum were mostly fraudulent, citing doctored photos and exaggerated storytelling. But first of all, you can't debunk exaggerated storytelling. It's just exaggerated. You can debunk the story. Yeah. But like me driving on my commute to work could also be me dodging traffic as I, you know, run away from my own hopes and dreams. Like it's <laughs> I did the same thing. I, I drove to work, but one of them is way more dramatic. <laughs> That's all. I guess you could debunk if they actually like had like reports on what the traffic was like that morning. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what so. I was thinking about earlier. Is like, first of all, what's that priest's name? Second of all, what's that motorcyclist name? Third of all, let me get them accident reports. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who still doubt the Annabelle doll's powers, Spira likens disturbing her to playing Russian roulette. There might just be one bullet in the gun, but would you still pull the trigger? Or would you just put the gun down and not take the risk? If I can choose, I'm not playing Russian roulette, is the thing. Well, that's what he said. Would you just put the gun down and not take the risk? Well, since it's not a gun or a bullet, I'm going to knock on that glass, baby boy. (laughs) I might even break it, get kicked out. (laughs) You don't know. Is this just a case of my life sucks anyways if I get cursed? Who fucking cares? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to lose. (laughs) 
Hell, maybe having a demon possessed might, might heighten things. Fuck with me. Hey, if I can monetize a demon possession, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We have got to get you possessed by a demon. That will skyrocket this podcast. Yeah, next week I'm just going to come on like <laughs> shell-shocked. And you guys are going to be like, what happened? And then in six months, I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. I've been away. And you're like, but, what, but whose voice has been on the podcast? <laughs> Well, that's my new demon collaborator. His name is also Ruben. <laughs> you can call me O'Neal now. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, my God. So there you go. We had two haunted dolls. You thoroughly debunked them. Well, I don't think I debunked anything. You I just was very I was place. skeptical in the vicinity of this doll. Yes. <laughs> So that's one day. One day this podcast is going to go deep enough where there's a story where it's like my very surface level, um, my very surface level of just look at it with and any amount of skepticism and it falls apart like that won't happen. And then it'll be like it'll be transcendent is my thing is it'll it'll we will we'll ascend into the realms of the mighty once this happens to us. Now, I will say that the next episode of Campfire Stories, I've already got that planned. Mm-hmm. And all I'm going to tell you is the title is If Lakes Could Kill. Excuse me? If Lakes Could Kill. They can. Yes. And I've got two stories about killer lakes in two weeks. Are we sure that people didn't just practice bad water safety? No, no, no. The lakes themselves killed people as in they rose up in the form of a man i will explain in two weeks so with that so next next time on campfire tales we go to lake michigan and we (laughs) know (laughs) no no matter what i'm gonna call it lake titicaca because that's just fun to say titicaca i may have heard of lake titicaca but maybe for different reasons because it's fun to say yeah any little boy yeah Come on, I want to lay Especially when you have a little bit of a redneck family. <laughs> it's very fun to say titty caca. Yeah. So that's Campfire Stories in two weeks. So having said that, I have been Don. I have been Ruben. And we will talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.